This is the Wednesday, April 7th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We are talking Masters, matchups, futures, maybe some props as well. We'll also get a play for today as well. So settle in, like we always promise, in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined by a still struggling yet playing hurt Joe Fortenbaugh it's Masters week my man the voice is still a little scratchy lots of local honey I've been drinking honey like Winnie the Pooh I'm ready I'm ready to roll baby ready to roll ready to roll well I'll uh, I'll let you on the tee box first we're gonna do some Masters out of the gates anything you're circling is like uh you're probably your favorite play if you will from a four-round matchup perspective, I really like John Rahm, minus 125 over Bryson DeChambeau. Rahm just had a baby on Sunday. I know that's going to be a big narrative heading into the week, but he's become a parent for the first time. And when that happens, it tends to put, perspe- put life into a different perspective. Basically, what I'm getting at here is I don't think there's going to be anyone in the field playing looser than John Rahm. The health of his baby, the health of his wife, that's going to be the priority. He's been fantastic at Augusta his last three years here, T9 or better. And when it comes to DeChambeau, he did all that talk last year heading into the Masters, and then he finished T34th after talking all that trash on the course. Uh, This is a second-shot golf course, as we know. He struggled with approach at times. John Rahm minus 125 over Bryson DeChambeau in a four-round matchup. Yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, the big talk is DeChambeau, you said he talked a lot. He called it a par 67, right? And, right. Uh, ended up shooting around actual par. I think two under was uh, the play. So not horrendous, but the the, the narrative right now is that the course is going to play really slick on the greens, that the, the club, if you will, was upset that a guy like DJ carved it up at 20 under. So they want to make it really more difficult. And that, that's actually kind of validated. I, I've heard like confirmation that that's going to be the case. So... Uh, fading DeChambeau's short game can't get um, can't fault you with that. I'm going to go Justin Thomas in a matchup. You're looking at like a buck thirty five against Spieth. Look, what Jordan Spieth's done is incredible, um, but there's a feast or famine sort of thing with him, right? With this uh, with this tournament, although he is a former Masters champ, I like JT. I think he's just more solid. Probably the best iron striker there is. Maybe Morikawa out there as well. You mentioned that that's a second shot golf course. I'll take Thomas to put himself in good position for putts once he gets on the green and two, hopefully. So that's kind of like my favorite matchup. Uh, but again, a fading DeChambeau, fading Spieth, and a, and a lot of mine as well. What about you in terms of maybe a futures play? All right, two others I'm keeping an eye on. Webb Simpson to finish in the top 20 is plus 110. He's a savvy veteran here at Augusta National. It's his 10th trip to the Masters. And in his last three, he's been on absolute point. Tied for 20th, tied for 5th, tied for 10th. In his last three spins at Augusta, he's having a solid season as well. He's in good form. Uh, T17 or better in three of five stroke play events this year. So you take good form, combine it with the veteran presence, combine it with the fact that he's been really good at Augusta as of late. I like Simpson at plus money to get inside the top 20. I also like a future on Cameron Smith, 33 to one to win this thing outright. This is his fifth trip to Augusta. He finished tied for fifth in 2018, but last year he finished tied for second. All four rounds he shot in the 60s. And much like Simpson, he's in good form as of late. 
He finished fourth at the Genesis, 17th at Sawgrass. He's top 20 in strokes game putting, which we were just talking about how important that is. Cam Smith, 33 to 1 to win. I can get behind that. That's a good number. Also, um, I mean, look, we have all all plays posted on ESPN.com's chalk section, so we have a lot out there. I guess I would probably my favorite is Zalatoris at 75 to 1 to win this thing outright. He's yeah. Got 10 top 25 finishes, only one miscut. Uh, this season he did not play well in November at Augusta but he did play well at the U.S. Open sixth place finish so he's kind of not a no name but he's a lesser name but he can handle the big stage 18th in driving distance so that'll help him in that set up that second shot fifth in strokes gained approaching the green so he kind of feels like Spieth was in 2000 I believe 15 maybe put it all together uh, and, and be a seven it's been a while since we saw a guy outside of 50 to one um, win this thing it's been about a decade I want to say um, there's again there's a lot of other plays out there more props as well like I like Gary Woodland to make the cut uh, even uh, Poulter to make the cut but again go check out uh, all those golf plays we just wanted to give you a little bit of a taste here on the Daily Wager podcast anything for tonight Joe we got baseball we got NBA obviously anything you circling well, I've been having a lot of fun betting the run line against the Baltimore Orioles so far in this series against the Yankees as they've been smashing them. I might go back today, but the key game I'd look at tonight in the NBA, it's going to be Phoenix and Utah under 225 and a half. I think we're getting some value here on the under based on what we've seen from Phoenix in their last three games. Uh, the last three outings, a grand total of 237 points, 243 points, and 263 points were scored. So I think that's inflated this number a bit. But look at those three opponents, Chicago, Oklahoma City, and Houston. They all rank ninth or faster in pace, and they all rank 21st or worse in defensive rating. Utah does not fit that bill. They are one of the best defensive teams in the league, third in defensive rating. They also rank 16th in pace. So I think this number is propped up a bit based on what we've seen as of late from Phoenix. That therefore, I'm going to play the under 225 and a half. Hey, you like your son's unders, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. A uh, couple games I have circled. One is uh, overnight. I actually bet Charlotte minus four and a half. It's up to five and a half. I think we really need to process what this Oklahoma City team is. They're basically a G League team, right? Their their best players are no longer playing, and we've seen that over the last three games. They've lost by a combined 109 points, I believe it is. They just got crushed at home to Detroit. Now they're hosting Charlotte. Yes, no Gordon Hayward. Yes, no LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball, I should say. But this is a team that's still in the playoff hunt. They're the five seed, I believe, in the East, tied for the five seed. They're not going to mess around this game. They're going to take care of business. Oak City is just not a good team. Now that's why the numbers come up. It's five and a half right now. I'd still lay it, but not like a hand. It just yet We have to fade this Oak City team every night. Uh, I just think they're just really struggling. I think the organization is trying to figure out what they have going into the offseason as they continue this rebuild mode. But the game I probably like the best, it's probably going to be my best bet unless something pops up for the weekend because it's our last TV show for the for the for uh, until Monday. But I like the, the T-Wolves plus two at Indiana. Yesterday's best bet was the Bulls minus two at Indiana. And no Malcolm Brogdon, no Sabonis. Both guys missed last night, not expected to return tonight. And then Miles Turner left the game with a sprained ankle. He's probably not going to play. So you basically have this patchwork team on a Pacer squad that's already been disappointing. They're 22 and 27 on the season. They're horrendous at home as well, 8 and 15. They're just not a good team. They're going to be missing like their three best players, essentially. 
it's really uh, questionable. And Minnesota's playing good ball. They've won two of four. They're three and one ATS in this four-game set. Most importantly, they got D'Angelo Russell back. I'll take plus two on a high-scoring T-Wolves team that, like, I don't think the Pacers reserves, if you will, will be able to hang. So I think when when they go to the bench and it's really the reserves, Minnesota will make a run. And I just think they're much better coached now that they replace Saunders. So I'm going to uh, grab the two points. It was oh, plus three and a half overnight, but I'll take the plus two. Yeah, and that's the key. I like that bet as well. Open three and a half. It's down to two for a lot of the reasons you laid out. I think it's a really nice opportunity there for the T-Wolves. That's a really good handicapping job by you. Cool. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for that. Joseph, you feel better. Although we'll see you on we'll see you on TV and have some fun with that one. But that'll do it for day. Today, under 10 minutes, as promised. Please do us a favor. Got to do all those things, right? Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, really helps us with the analytics. And as we move forward and try to get you guys really good content. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the start of the Masters. But we'll catch you back here uh, Thursday morning or afternoon on the East Coast around noon, 1 p.m. ish. Uh, we'll be back with you guys then. 